This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald. This is my show, Living Fearlessly, with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. I just want to say I am personally very, very excited and grateful for this particular guest. This gentleman, Dave Pelzer, is somebody who has uh, been an intangible mentor. Uh, helped me through my own darkness, lots of parallels between my story, life story, and this gentleman who I'm going to be interviewing. So before I turn it over to Unscripted Dialogue with Dave, I'm going to just give you a little bit of background on who he is, given how expansive the show is. So who is Dave Pelzer? Well, what I can tell you about Dave is that he is an individual who represents overcoming adversity. Dave has dedicated his life helping others to help themselves. As a former Air Force combat air crew member, Dave's job entailed mid-air refueling of the once highly secretive SR-71 Blackbird and the F-117 Stealth Fighter. While on active duty, Dave was selected as California Volunteer of the Year. Dave has received personal commendations from four U.S. presidents. Dave was honored as one of the ten outstanding young Americans to be honored as the outstanding young person of the world. Dave is also the recipient of the National Jefferson Award, which is considered the Pulitzer Prize for Public Service. Other recipients have included Sandra Day O'Connor and Colin Powell. Dave is the author of eight inspirational books. His latest book is Too Close to Me. Dave's books have been on the bestsellers list for well over 13 years combined. A child called a child called it alone has been on the New York Times bestsellers list for well over six years. Dave is the first author to have four number one international bestsellers and to have four books simultaneously on the New York Times bestsellers list. Dave Pelzer believes that our only limitations are ourselves. So, Dave, welcome. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year. You know, I listen to that and I'm going, God, that's either narcissistic or uh, <laughs> when is it going to end? And then, you know, in the course of our life, I'm going, oh, 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 hang on. I'm a firefighter. And uh, yes. my father's badge number was 1522, and I'm 15 2 and I just got promoted to the fire captain. Oh, my God. <laughs> so well, and, and it's kind of weird and I'll just jump into this, but, you know, yes. if the audience is taking notes, and I, I advise them that they should, is yeah. live a good adventure. Live Absolutely. a great story, you know, because things happen to everybody, whether it's a divorce or cancer, or unemployment, or God forbid you're abused, or something, you know, and, and at that moment, that precipice of crisis, you kind of really discover who you are, then you hopefully appreciate that next relationship, or that healthy checkup, or paying the rent, or I remember the first time we went from Mickey D's and went back to Applebee's, I'm going, oh my God, this rocks, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that, I like that, write that down, Mickey D's to Applebee's, that's mine. Okay. So it's, it is, you know, it is one of those, uh, you know, I think Tom Hanks said it, you know, in the course of a life, one never knows what events may transpire, you know, and, and that's part of the life, you know, lesson too. 
Well, Dave, I, I just want to say, and I know I've already said it, but I, I really can't say or emphasize this enough. I mean, truly, I, truly, I mean, what your I, book. I, I, I'm going to stop you. No, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it when people say, oh, my God, I'm honored to see you. I'm going, you know, 10 minutes ago, I was, I was doing kitty litter. Okay. <laughs> Cat's got diarrhea. There's kitty stuff everywhere. I'm in my fire uniform. I'm going, oh, my God, i got to run the station. we got to cut trees. we got this. I mean, I remember when I met Angie and Brad, and Angie was very, very pregnant, and she's in the smock, and she's not looking very Angelinish, you know, per se. And, and Brad's bouncing around with his goatee like, hey, man, what's up, dude? I'm like, oh, my God, wow, Hollywood royalty. <laughs> the bottom line is we're all just humans in a sense, you know, and, and when people say, oh, you changed my life, I said, no, you changed your life. You made it better. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I really hammer people on responsibility and accountability. But yes. at the same time, too, you know, this whole hero worshiping thing, you know, that might have been good when Sir Anthony Robbins was Sir Anthony Robbins. You know, if you can think it, it's already done. B.S. You have to do it every day. It's like mm-hmm. you program. You, uh, a friend of mine, many years ago, I said, oh, my gosh, you know, I like a martini. I like a glass of wine. How can you not? have a drink or do this for the next 40, 50 years. She goes, dude, you're looking at it wrong. It's one day at a time, or sometimes it's one hour at a time. I'm going, oh, my God, you're right, because when I was in the armed forces, went to these paramilitary schools, people looked at it wrong. This is nine months of training. No, no, no. It's breakfast, lunch, dinner, supper, mm-hmm. you know, something that's mm-hmm. tangible. Mm-hmm. I think in, in America... You know, it's all about, I can conquer Mount Everest. I'm going to win a million, billion. No, 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 shut up. You can't even put on your shoes. Okay, how about we take one baby step at a time, one day at a time? Uh-huh. Thing. You know, and, and that's, you know, where that resilience comes in, I think. And the sooner you can learn it, the better. I think what happened to me as a kid was probably one of the best things that happened to me because, uh, as Frank Sinatra says, uh, you know, growing old is not for wimps. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, you really have to, you know, look at things differently and fight differently and so forth. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've propelled my life in the armed forces. I went from a cook to a little commando to flying and uh, trying to get in publishing. Or you know, I had radio for a while. All the little things I've done, it propelled me because of my past. It's like, okay, this is a no. So how do I make it into a yes? I have to go over, under, through it. And every. Mm-hmm in my life that I've had trials and I'm always going to have trials you know God gives you one problem you solve and God gives you another that's how much God loves you and I've always been able to tap in to that resilient reserve mm-hmm well, this is why you resonate with me, um, because, I mean, really, you're preaching to the preacher, and I embody everything that you say in terms of how I choose to endeavor to live my life and walk my talk, uh, not unlike the guests that I bring onto radio who have risen in the ranks as a result of failures or adversity uh, or really tragic things that have been bestowed upon them, but also taking what's happened to them and morphing it into the mindset of there's a blessing in here, there's a gift in here, and not unlike my and own life down. Hard. You're it in the is. middle of the perfect storm, and, and, and we all go through that. I do that. Oh, my God, why me? Oh, my God, why me? We, me. And it's like, okay, I'm going to call the wambulance on myself. But then, <laughs> the, uh, uh, but then when, when, good, when you settle through that and process that and accept the fact, I mean, we had uh, – uh, originally we were working, per se, on a screenplay. Everybody's saying, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome. And, you know, the Hollywood people come knocking on your door. And, hey, baby, I love you, baby. What's up, baby? And you're going, uh-oh, this is, this is kind of awkward. And then mm. when that doesn't work, and I had a publishing project, uh, 
uh, that didn't work as good as it should have. It's like, oh, my God, there's one, too. And another thing, a financial thing didn't work. I found out that someone was taking monies and stuff like that. I'm going, why me? Why me? But then with clarity and time, you're going, well, now I can choose wisely in, let's say, a work project. Or I can ask questions. Because of my esteem, I wouldn't ask questions about money or finances or stuff like that. And then hopefully you develop and you evolve as you grow older. You know, there's mm-hmm. a certain point when the inside matches your outside. But you're going to get a couple battle scars, and, and that's okay because uh, I volunteer at the fire department probably 40 hours a week without mm-hmm. calls and without training. And I'm a captain, and I train, and I go over cliffs, and I cut cars and structured fires. And it's very adventurous. But at the same time, too, I love coming home spent. I love coming home from a good day of doing good work, whether it's love a radio it. show that I do or – doing something for others, and there's no price tag on that. And, you know, again, I did something. It's not whatever the cure for cancer, but at least it's something that fulfills me, that drives me. And Steve Jobs said it perfectly. You don't want a job. A lot of people mm-hmm. have jobs, and to me, they're the walking dead. But Jobs said that, uh, you know, you want a career that when you bounce out of bed in the morning, oh, my God, you have excitement, you have passion. Because if you're Absolutely. not happy in your work, you're dead. Your marriage is mm-hmm. dead. Your kids are dead. It's dead, 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 head all the way. And you've got another 20,000 days on this earth. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Well, I love your spirit, your energy. I mean, I'm really picking up on the energy here, uh, Dave. There's and for no, every I'm God right now, I'm trying to make coffee. I'm multitasking. <laughs> I'm going, I'm feeling like Robin Williams, like, oh, my God, this is too much. No, no, go, go, go. More caffeine, more caffeine. <laughs> Give me the caffeine, I tell you. Look at me. And I'm so stoked in my bride doesn't know it, but I... I can tell you, and of course, uh, there's no one listening, I hope, but I got this new coffee maker, and man, I can just smell the espresso. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, someone's hopped up today. This is awesome. Well, what what I want to ask you, because I know we said before we actually went live that because you are a volunteer firefighter and you did get a call, you're with us here for 45 minutes. So there's a lot of things that I want to... This is like the fast date. I'm giving you everything I have. Okay. Close your eyes. I'll be over soon, okay? (laughs) Speed dating with Dave. Love it. That's right. Um, so, <laughs> I used to be a very shy person. I was very shy, never talked, never per se flirted with jokes or stories or yarns. And now it's like, and people, they roll their eyes and go, oh, that's just Dave. Dave can say anything. Like, I'm working on this thing. You'll love this. You've all heard of Superman look up on the sky, right? That mm-hmm. is the birds of plane. And I'm working on a character called Stupor Dave. Stupor Dave. He's so stupor. He's so stupid. It's like, look down on the ground. It's a dead animal. It's a vagrant. No, it's Stupor Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld and I are working on that one. Or maybe Kramer. I don't know. Love it. Love it. So what I would like to lots of things that yeah. I would like to ask you, and again, this is unscripted dialogue, and we're working with right. a finite period of time. So in terms of my show, my brand, my life, how I embody uh, to choose to endeavor to live my life, and clearly from a place of passion and paying it forward and being of service, not unlike yourself. So when I say living fearlessly, what does that mean to you, and how, how do you – what's indicative well, in your me, life? It's, it's, it's like take a breath and take a chance and take a step. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I mean, I mean, think about it. Oh, the world's flat. Oh, I don't want to venture out there. Oh, my goodness. I understand that fear factor. But think about, you know, climbing one step at a time and look how far you've come after, you know, working out for six months or saving money or, or working in that relationship. You don't know what you're made of until you step through that minutia. And sometimes with minutia, oh, my God, it's gross and dirty. But you can always psychologically shower and put on new clothes or 
you know, do something. And, and that's what I like about life because I really thought a few years ago, okay, uh, at one time I was on the road 300 and it, what was it, 35 days a year. Wow. And it was 16, we, that mean, we, we, we were like, we mapped it down to the tenth of the hour or whatever. It was 16.8 hours every day solving everybody's problems and doing this and making everybody happy and da-da-da-da-da. And I thought, okay, that slowed down and we slowed down with this and we did some radio or, you know, did other things to kind of keep me at home and then relationships kind of changed and so forth. And then I remember, uh, you know, Kay and I moving up in Northern California and I moved up before her and I got this beautiful house done. It's very meticulous. Oh, my God, you know, it's perfect. And then I sat down and said, okay, now what? I was Dustin Hoffman, got the girl in the back of the bus in the dress. Now what do I do? And I thought, great. And then one thing fell into the other thing. I said, oh, my God, there's a volunteer fire department. And I joined the Air Force to become a firefighter so I can be with my dad. I mean, those issues. And one thing led to another. And it's amazing because I see people my age, I'm 56, and, and, and people even a little bit older that are volunteering or doing something. So you can't do anything unless you take a chance. You know, mm-hmm. there's a saying about asking the pretty girl to the prom. Uh, you assume she's got 100 dates. And and she's the opposite. She's just like, no, no one will talk to me because I'm mm-hmm. so whatever. So you've got to take a breath and take a chance. That may not be the answer you want for now, but no, it's not forever. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I worked with a young man. Here's a guy, a uh, beautiful young kid. He's been volunteering since he was five, feeding homeless since he was five. Eagle Love it. Scout, which is one out of 10,000, ladies and gentlemen, one out of 10,000 Boy Scouts or Eagle Scouts. Uh, 3.8, president of all these things in college. He got turned down by the, uh, what was that thing called that Kennedy started? Uh, Peace Corps. He got turned down by the Peace Corps. He's got letters wow. from congressmen and da-da-da-da-da. And I wrote him a letter, you know, Dave Pell's are extraordinaire. And I finally called up and said, what is with you people? Well, um, you're not, you're just, you're not saying anything. Click. And I said, okay, how bad do you want this? Reapply. Mm-hmm. Try something. Set up an interview. Wear different clothes. But if this is what you want... How bad do you really want it? Because you cannot fight cancer with bubble gum. Huh? Think about it. You've got to fight cancer with everything you have. And sometimes you've got to get down in the dirt with cancer and beat yep. it up or, or withdraw and try different treatments. Or sometimes you just got to mellow and relax and breathe. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing uh, that uh, the kid finally made it, of course. You know, it took him, I think, three or four tries. But, you know, to me, that's a good story. I'm Absolutely. always. What did Andy Rooney say? I'm always on the lookout for good that people do. Yes. Often months go by. Yes. You know, and I think in this, and because and you're in, you're above us. Are you in Canada? Is that where you're at I'm right in now? Can- yes, I'm in Canada. Because, you know, we've got some trouble here in River City. Right. <laughs> we, we, I, I called the gentleman. I, I, I mean, I'm surprised. I am surprised the super secret SS service was not knocked on my door. Uh, because I call, I have a small show I do once a month, and I call the guy Trumposaurus Rex. I'm, I'm sorry, I do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they pull that orange hair, okay, see what happened behind the mask, you know. It's like the new Darth Maul for us. But at the same time, too, people are getting all amped up and ramped up and going, stop, okay. These are the results. We have to accept it. And what are we yeah. going to do about it? We, mm-hmm. we have to move forward. You know, again, it's not what you want, but, it, you know, it's, but yet, at the same time, too, there's a lot of changes being made. I'm going, you know, I kind of agree with this. Mm-hmm. You know, we da-da-da-da-da-da. So it's just a matter of being bold and following through. And, and the yeah. other problem is this. And the audience needs to be careful what you wish for. Very really true. Be careful what you wish for and pray for. You know, oh, I want everything to turn to gold. Oh, my goodness, if I turn myself into gold, I'm dead. You know, mm-hmm. I can't eat this. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, and everything is just in moderation. 
little things, mm-hmm. little things. Because it's a lot – what is it in my country? Uh, I think it's like 98% of people who win lotto are bankrupt in seven years. And yeah, I've heard Bankrupt that. because it's just too much, too fast. Yeah. Or you have that relationship. Oh, it's hot and heavy for the first four to six months. Now it's down to meat and potato time. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so it's just, it's just it's really those little baby steps, I think. Absolutely. Well, what I'd like to ask you, Dave, um, you know, in terms of your childhood, in terms of your story, what I would like to know from you, you know, did you ever in any shape, way, shape or form receive some kind of indication from your mom, either through an apology or atonement or change well, of her own behavior? Did you ever get some sense of responsibility or accountability for what she it's a weird dynamic because um, what I, I'm, I'm, I'm what they call a psychological voyeur. I like to know what makes people great, mm-hmm. you know, and, and unfortunately I like to know what makes you BS crazy, you know, bad poop crazy, you know. And I used to work with uh, perpetrators and pedophiles and cases and, and stuff like that. And 90% of the time, uh, uh, of course, uh, if you're abused, I mean, someone once said hurt people hurt people. So it is a learned behavior, and and if if you're a pedophile or if you know if you're a, a perpetrator, so that's number one. And I kind of knew that because even as a kid, we think in black and white terms. Children, you know, I'm hungry, I'm going to feed myself, so forth. So I knew there was a, a resonance with her mother, very controlling, very conniving. You couldn't please her. So it was, that was always in the background. I got involved in child abuse uh, when my son was just like a year old. You know, I worked in juvenile hall, and I started my, my little road process or my pathway. And years ago, I interviewed her before she passed away. I was about 28, 29. I actually sat down in her stench of a home, and she didn't know it, but I was interviewing her. And the first thing, you know, like she was always talking third person, like, oh, Dave, you don't understand. The child, the boy, it was so bad. It was so bad. And I would say, I'm sorry, I have a hearing issue. It was bad, yes, because they want to control the situation. They're so used to it. It's normal for them, and they have to justify their results. Uh, we had a guy uh, years ago, the president of Enron. I think his name was King Lay, if, if I'm saying this correctly. When he accepted the fact that he embezzled billions of dollars from thousands of people, he, he just dropped. He had a heart attack drop right there because it was too much for him. Mm-hmm. It was too much for him. Uh, people like my mother, you know, they just try to justify it, you know, any way they can. And and, and the problem that we have with this uh, uh, stigma is is children who become adults, they they chase the approval or they're looking for the holy grail. And they spend an entire lifetime and they trash themselves or trash relationships or just it's just a bloodbath, a psychological bloodbath for these people. And that's why I can kind of say some for some things they may not be the answer and it may not be the answer you want. But you know what? Let's take a deep breath. You survived for a reason, and, and mm-hmm. you survived to be happy. So let's look at it. Let's get help or whatever you need, you know, whether it's doing Tai Chi 100 hours a day or getting some good therapy or yelling at that pillow until you've got nothing left. And now let's move forward. Because that's, that's mm-hmm. what really kills me, ma'am, is um, folks who are, you know, they, they survived something, and they're just so downtrodden or they repeat the process. And, you know, I, I, that's, that's what I call, again, the walking dead. And I relate that to people with cancer. I've mm-hmm. never met anybody who says, oh, my God, I'm a victim of cancer. Cancer sucks. <laughs> they, 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 you know, they're like Schwarzenegger. They're like Clint Eastwood. I'm going to fight the cancer and go ahead and make my day. I'm going to kick your butt, little guy. Yeah. And then they're so happy. Oh, my God. 
They gave me six months. It's been eight. I'm still going to die, but I've got two extra months. Let's go shopping. I mean, something. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it is a mindset. And it's, it's weird because I just finished uh, the screenplay uh, working with this guy, another gentleman, uh, three or four days ago, and I've been so immersed in it. You know, like you forget to shower, forget to do this. I'm like Howard Hughes. I'm just locked up psychologically. <laughs> and, and now I'm going, oh, my God, I'm done with this thing. I'm, what do I – and my fire captain says, what are you going to do with all your time? He says, oh, volunteer some more. But, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, of perspective and being appreciative of what you have now. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And, uh, you know, and that's a bit of a segue into a bit of my next question. So what I'd like to know from you, Dave, is, yeah. you know, clearly, clearly – you know, you're not in it for the accolades. You have taken what's happened to you, and I talk about this quite frequently with guests, you know, having that ability to turn shit into gold, um, yeah. you know, and, and finding the lesson, finding the nugget, and transferring that in a way that it's paying it forward and being of service to other people. So clearly, for everything that you've accomplished and for all the people that you've connected with who have connected with you, you've probably been inundated with uh, thousands of testimonials from people who have survived abuse. But what I would be interested to know is has there anybody who's been an actual abuser who because they have listened to your story or they've heard the repercussions or they've seen firsthand how this has impacted you or what this did for your life positively and negatively have has anybody who falls on the other side of it who's been an abuser a perpetrator a pedophile whatever has anybody turned around and said you know you saved my life or you saved my relationship or because of you I upped my game and I, I it, you know it came tenfold it's, for me and I it's it's kind of a weird anomaly because I, I I really have to say this uh, I mean if I knew you know standing here and I'm looking outside the ocean and, and we we just had our storms pass. And mm-hmm. I know I'm going to hang up the phone with you. I'm going to go. I mean, I love working on Fridays. I love it. I mean, we're going to cut trees and get dirty and oh, my gosh. But if I really knew the pathway from then to now, I really don't know if I would have taken it because it's it's just been so arduous. And I jokingly, when I do stage work, I do comedy, and I just tell stories, yarns. You know, Bill Cosby meets uh, Robin Williams. Uh, right. I always say, I wish I show, sold, I came up with a shampoo because I can say, oh, my God, you're sexy, sexy, sexy. You go, girl. What? You know, and, and you're done. There's no emotional right. content, you know. It's like, okay, here's a one-night rinse stand. Go, girl. But because of the psychological impact, you know, you're talking mm-hmm. about, I mean, you're talking about humanity at its lowest form, mm-hmm. you know, an adult trying to murder a child or just take the essence of a child, the purity of a child. That's, that's, that's I, I don't know what is lower than that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. So the answer to part of the question, I've had a few people write or, or bump into people and they said, you know, I didn't know I was this abusive or I didn't really see the pattern mm-hmm. or I didn't really understand this. Or I'm sure I've had one or two people say, yeah, I knew what I was doing and I enjoyed it and I was wrong, you know, and, and they've gotten help or gotten therapy and trying to put their life in order. But what, what really resonates with me is... Like yes, I have that station, and I'm six months behind my fan mail. I'm always trying to, you know, oh my gosh. So I just said, stop. You know, I did the screenplay. Let's do the fan mail. Let's go. And and you, and kids, eight year old kids, which I think is too young, but they read the book and they. I'm, I'm cleaning my room. I did not say the N word to my mom for a whole week. No. Oh, okay. Thank you. You know, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the fact that they can resonate because they, they, they appreciate it more. That's why I, when I had my radio show, uh, I said, welcome to the Great Recession. I'm loving it. 
We're not buying <laughs> DVDs 20 times an hour. We're not downloading Netflix. You know, we go to Mickey D's and we're happy. You know, right. it's, it's, it's those little things, the perspective. And, and, and it's, 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 that's what I think it is. You know, I, I, I wish I could have done more. Uh, uh, on the political side, or and, but Bruce Willis helped out in foster care years ago, and people didn't know that. And and he found out, oh, foster care needs three million dollars. Hell, I'll give them eight. And wow. then more and more and more and more, and it's just like a never-ending thing, you know. So it's a matter of perspective, and I, I'm proud. I'll say this: I, I I did as much as I could for as many as I could, as long as I could, and you know, every once in a while. You know, I, I, I'm on the road or I do some work and so forth, but uh, it's been an adventure. It really, really has. And you just do the best you can, and that's it. That's all you can do. I wish, mm-hmm. you know, but then I wish, oh, gosh, I could have done more. Or sometimes when you say no to a school, oh, Dave, we're 300 miles away, and I know you're tired and you haven't slept in five days, but can you please come out? And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, you know, that those are hard calls. You know, they, right. they really are. So, but it's, it's, it's like in your business too. You've got a lot of people knocking on your door saying, oh, we want this and you've got to do that and stuff like that. And you have to really, I think, and this is important for your audience, you have to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Physically, spiritually, because you can't help anybody if you're in bed or, you know, you can't help anybody if you're, you know, your brain is fried. And that was a lesson I had to learn as well. But I hope and pray we, we did a good job. And, and anybody who answered that question, yes, yes, I'm a genius. I cure cancer. I'm the only one that can save you. I'm going, no, get out of here. You're no good to me, you airbag. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, clearly you've resonated and, and helped a lot of people. And, you know, I, I kind of differ with what you said, and I know that comes from humbleness, and I know it comes from inner gratitude in terms of you saying about, you know, I'm not a hero, I'm not this, I'm not that, uh, and none of us should be professing to be those things we just we got what we got and we dealt with it as best as we could knowing it's a choice um but i but i am here to say thank you 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 and oprah and no coincidence you were on oprah's show but you two in my darkest time when i didn't have anybody in my life uh and i wasn't publicly open about things that had happened to me however that's now coming out in my my book that's uh soon to be released um but and you're cited in my book as is oprah you two saved me you two in and and you catapulted me into you catapulted me on into the 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 pathway of self empowerment of what it was to resurrect myself but you were my anchor oprah was my anchor and i needed that i needed that in that i needed that push that pull that strength i needed the testimonials i needed to know that i wasn't alone that i wasn't isolated i'm i'm going to jump in here and and one that's very very sweet and very very kind and i'm honored i mean i truly am because sometimes and this sounds weird, and it's probably too early in the morning for me to say this, but sometimes I look at my life and I just cry. Mm-hmm. I cry from the inside, you know, or I cry from the outside. I'm going, my God, I'm just the luckiest guy I know. I have ten fingers mm-hmm. and ten toes. Mm-hmm. I am healthy. Uh, I, I, I push myself to different limits, you know. Uh, and, I mean, uh, I got a little bit of the Jack Bauer, James Bond lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. and I come home to God's grace here in, in, in uh, you know, California Ocean and stuff like that. But I have to say this to you. Um, it's you. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like sometimes when, when, when you know, I tra- you train in the military or, or when I train firefighters. and Or like the other day I was in training. We were doing an exercise and we're trying to attack a possible structure fire and we're hooked up to a hydrant. And, and they're saying, oh, my gosh, hook up to the hydrant. I'm going, we're already hooked up to the hydrant. We need another line at that hydrant now, Captain. I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? And this other guy walks over and he says, take the four-inch, 
with the two and a half inch reducer coupling, open up the other side. I'm going, oh my, and he just walks away. And I'm going, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I said, hey, 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 dude, you, you knew this. You just didn't know it now, and you did it. You know, wow. But sometimes we all need those little blessings of inspiration, those seeds of inspiration. But it's, yes. you know, you're planting, you're, you're hoeing the field in a sense. And I'm sure if Opal was here, she'd be saying the same thing too. Because mm-hmm. I, I look at it this way how many times have I been helped? Mm-hmm. By people saying, my teacher said, oh, you're going to be a writer, or you can do it, Dave, or don't give up, Dave, da-da-da-da-da. And they're just words. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's another saying, and I forget who says it because I, I should quote better, but on your worst day, you might be someone's only hope. Yes. I love yeah. that line mm-hmm. because it's just words. Or, or sometimes when I'm I'm doing my job as a firefighter, I mean, we're very careful. We never, we don't say anymore, you're going to make it. You're going to be fine. We can't <laughs> say that anymore. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. you said he was going to make it, and he passed away. We're going to sue you, you know, because that's the great state of California right now. Right. But, but we, 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 you know, you always want to give them a wink, or sometimes I'm loading you on a helicopter. I'm going to actually put my, uh, bless you with my thumb and forehead, and, you know, and, 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 you know, okay, good luck. I mean, something. You always want to give of yourself because mm-hmm. it, one, it opens up your heart. And then the more you give, I think, the more you receive. And then I look at my life. I mean, I really look at my life, and I'll say this nicely. No one's had the publishing blessings I've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, three weeks on the New York Times, you're the champ. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. One book was on there six years. Uh, uh, the first author, I have two books on the list simultaneously. Then the only one to have three, then four. That's crazy. Now, the backside is I was on the campaign trail. And the more you're on the campaign trail, you know, the more you sell your DVDs, records of your rock star or something like that mm-hmm. but then the accolades i've been blessed with i mean that's crazy i mean that's just absolutely to me insane i'm honored and i'm all proud to say like when i got the national jefferson award i'm with two other gentlemen who received it i'm taking my grandkids to disneyland for a month oh man that's awesome what are you doing joe i'm taking my wife to maui for a week what are you gonna do pelzer i'm gonna use mine to go to iraq for the summer wow <laughs> so, I can, so i can talk to the troops and uh, my best show was outside of Kuwait, and they had to strip me of all silver. And you have these guys in the bunker. It's a cute story. And I said, I know it's, I know it's hard out there for you guys. And this big African-American bodybuilder guy goes, pardon me, he goes, it's hard out there for a pimp. I'm going, dude, do not go there. Because the movie Hustlin' <laughs> Flow was really big, you know, the song. Right. And I said, so I sang a cappella, it's hard out there for a pimp. <laughs> and I said, a one and two and a three. And everybody, it's hard out there for a pimp when you've got to make the money for the rent. And I said, stop the man. This is not hard for a pimp. He's in his El Dorado. He's in his Chevy Impala, man. It's hard for the right. back hose, the heroin queens. They're on their feet. They're on their back all day. Come on. But it was amazing to go out oh and, and, and see people in, in all this minutia, this terribleness, and yes. yet the sense of humanity. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we had an Iraqi police officer shot in the head within 12 minutes he's on the operating table. 30 minutes after that, he's in ICU, and he was going to make it. And I mm-hmm. said, this is not a war against, you know, this is not a war as much as it is a campaign for humanity. And mm-hmm. It was kind of like a different spin of it because you always find out who you are at the worst part of your life. Bingo. Whether it's abuse, whether it's war or something, I think. And then Absolutely. what do you do with that blessing? And I was proud to say, yeah, I'm going to spend the summer in Iraq, Jack. <laughs> Lovely. I hope well, this is I'm... being recorded because I'm actually it going, is. wow, this guy does make sense. <laughs> no, it is. And you're actually going to be receiving a copy of the podcast after shortly after we go live. Why, why, so, and why I wouldn't I? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, it, I, by the way, I'm proud to say I have a face for radio. Okay, I didn't know what that meant for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this then, Dave. So, you know, in the journey of having children, being around other children, um, and trying to empower other children, teach them how to be self-empowering, how is that extra layer of maturity, wisdom, uh, and being on the other end of being a parent yourself, how has that uh, made you view or capture, recapture in your mind what happened to you as a child? How, how does that become even more well, so I, right? Part of it is, I mean, like anything, when you find out you're a parent, your life stops. Hopefully. Hopefully it stops. Yeah. You know, the, the, the childness, the immaturity, stuff like that. And all you think about is baby, 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 you know. Uh, and, and having Stephen was awesome. And then I, I knew that it was a blessing for me because I never played catch with my father and I never had any coordination. And here I am, here's how you throw a ball and here's how you catch a ball. You know, the old man knows everything. And I'm teaching this young man at age three or four, you know, catch the throw. And yet mm-hmm. I'm learning it myself. So you get to rediscover, you get that second chance of childhood. And I remember one time when Stephen was going through the, the mean teen years. You know, he's like 14, you're not the boss, me, man, you can't tell me what to do, man. And I'm saying, mm-hmm. whenever I get mad, I do the Arnold, or I do Clint or whatever, because that's the only time you listen. Because <laughs> if you do, oh my God, everybody thinks you're awesome and you're cool. You're not so cool. You're not so awesomeness. I'm like, you're going to go clean your room. You're going back to church and da 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 da. Go clean your room now. And I remember one time he looked at me and he says, really, really, you know, telling me what to do, man? Yelling at me can be considered child abuse, dude. Wow. We had that moment. And he's like, oh, my God, I stepped into it. And I just, I gave him the old Clint Eastwood stare. And in my best Clint Eastwood voice, I, I grabbled, grumbled. I said, if only your grandmother was still alive. Oh, and God. ever since then, he's been a very good young man. And he's at the age now, he's 30, which is weird. You know, I'm 56. He's 30, married. And, and, and you know, Star Wars, we're in the baseball, James Bond movies and stuff like that. So it, it is, you know, you get that repeat. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you can't really count your losses. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't get this as a kid, or I didn't do this as a teenager. And it's like, oh, my God, I mean, I'm having a good time. You know, I'm making someone laugh, or hopefully they'll listen to your show and, and, and get something out of it. Because I hate people like, you must listen to me, and you must do it in this sequence. You must do it this way. Oh, really? <laughs> poop, poop, kachoo. You know, just be, like I said, you know, okay, well, Dave, what's it like to be Dave? Well, I just washed off the caddy, kitty litter. You know, right. for the tenth time in the morning, and I'm flying all over the universe in a sense. And and I, I I just say again, you know, just give yourself permission to have the courage to just be yourself. Absolutely, Ta-da. absolutely. You know, and- it's, we, we we do that as kids, you know, in our teen years, and sometimes we forget that we're acting and we become part of the act. Mm-hmm. That's a good line too, ladies and gentlemen. That's a very good line. So in terms of your son now, fast forward to him being in adulthood and uh, looking at things perhaps through lenses that you did when he was a younger child. What what kind of dialogue or discussions do you have when he is now aware of what you went through and he's able well, to parallel? He, 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 it, was, it was a weird phenomenon because the book, was being carried around in school when he was in junior high, high school. He didn't really connect into it, and his friends were talking about the book in third person, and he's going, oh, my God, that's my pops. And we had always talked about things. You know, I, I don't believe, okay, now that she's 14, let's talk about sex. Well, you should have done that at age six, okay, because she's well on her way, or smoking, yeah. or choices. And, and we've always talked about things. 
you know, so it wasn't a big bomb that went off. But it's, she's always been very kind and very respectful uh, of, of it. And, and I've talked about really the choice. We don't talk about, you know, okay, here's how I felt when I was stabbed or when this is smeared on my face. We don't talk mm-hmm. about that minutia, but I talked about, well, you know, my mom was sick and this, we didn't talk about things back then, Steve and I said. We didn't talk about church or finances or sex or health. And I says, if you look at me, that's why I do comedy. I'm going to talk about everything. Because psychologically, if you look at what I do, ma'am, is, is I'm not what anybody expects. I'm not even what I expect. And if I'm comfortable in my own skin to make you laugh when I'm talking about mama go crazy, okay, then, then it gives other people permission to say, oh, my God, if he's okay with this, then it can't really be this bad in a right. sense. And, and that's, I mean, there, there is a method to my, you know, madness in, in a sense. But Stephen's always been very kind and very respectful, and it's like anything else. Like, okay, Dad, I get it. Move on. Boom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate because, you know, you don't want to scare your kids, for God's sakes. No. No. And so the inner child within you, Dave, I mean, obviously you've done a beautiful job plotting on. You've done a job, a, a wonderful job empowering other people and taking your message worldwide, uh, you know, and getting people out of the victimology mentality and, and you know, be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leer, uh, leader. But is there a part of the inner child with you where, you know, you're dialoguing the adult Dave, the, the inner child, younger Dave, you know, is there – do you mourn things still? Do you still, well, you know? I, mourn, I, I, gotta, I mean, I have to be truthful. I mean, I wish I could just sugarcoat it because this is why I could never be in politics because, one, they don't get anything done, and, two, you know, they, everything's got to be perfect. But, I mean, I just mourn the loss. Yeah. The loss of here was a, a once beautiful person mm-hmm. who had a lot of issues that didn't get help and, and you know, had three babies in less than four years. And then we mm-hmm. didn't talk about postmortem depression. We didn't talk about, I mean, any of those things. And uh, I'm sure they had a very passionate, loving relationship in the beginning. But life happened and other things happened. And for whatever reason, she flipped a switch, you know, and, and it was it was like the movie Jaws. Boom, 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 boom. And then it just became a carnage. So I mourned that loss. And um, I have a beautiful scene in the screenplay uh, in which the, the, the family takes, uh, 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 the, the parents take the family, the kids I call them, you know, in third person to this beautiful Russian river and there's a sunset and, and, and something bumps behind the little boy David and he cringes, which means he's already been programmed to be abused. He's only four, he's only five mm-hmm. rather. And it, to his shock and, and to his awe, it's his beautiful mom and she wraps him. And into her bosom, and they, and they hug, and they watch the beautiful sunset. And this little boy can smell her mommy's hair. You know, that mm. beautiful maternal thing. And at the very end of, of the screenplay, we ha- David's being dropped off to school the very final day, right hours before he's rescued. And, and here comes the excuse of the day. Tell them you f- fell down the stairs. Tell them you swung a baseball bat and hit yourself. I mean, and, and the, the, the character, the mother, looks herself in the mirror. It's just like, oh, my God, what have I become? And she flashes back to her beautiful time of wrapping little David in her arms at the wow. Russian River. Because we all hate Darth Vader, but we understand how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. And in the movie Return of the Jedi, I think, when he finally took off his own mask, so I see you once with my own eyes. When Darth Vader passed away, people were crying. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They cried that Darth Vader died? Really? Wow. Because there's, there's, there's still that sense of humanity and that pain, you know, that, that gets swirled around that. So I mourn the loss and I mourn, you know, that whole pathway. But at the same time, too, inner child, yeah, I mean, I wanted to run away and live in my father's fire station in the corner box like a dog. 
I joined the Air Force to become a firefighter so I can work with my dad, who passed away in my arms when I was like 19. Mm -hmm. He couldn't even talk. He had throat cancer. And here I am. Uh, and again, my badge number is 1522-A. My father's is 1522. I'm a fire captain. I mean, so I'm kind of still doing look up in the sky, the adventure. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, I kind of believe in that. And, and I'm always going to be kind of a little boy. I mean, I don't act my age. That's for damn sure. Yeah, was our first clue. I love it. <laughs> Who would have known? It's Stupor Dave. <laughs> now, I have to ask you this, and, and I mean yes. this, and, and I, sh I should probably say this off air, but, you know, I don't believe in all that no. jazz. we got to do this again. We absolutely will do this again. If you don't mind. Because what we can do no, is... No, I'm get, honored. You, you, I, I, get, you, you, you talk to your audience and have them email you the top ten questions they would like to ask you to ask me. You know, let, yes. let's do something like that. Let's 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 do something nice because this what you're doing is a good job, uh, and 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 bless you on your book too, and and so forth. And uh, let's have a, let's have two more questions that aren't so serious. Let's keep this okay. going. We still got well, three minutes and twenty eight seconds. Okay, so what I'd like to ask you, Dave, is for the listening audience, for anybody who's tuned in who is at a different stage within their journey, hasn't perhaps disclosed, uh, is perhaps sitting on the fence because they're more worried about repercussions or ramifications of whether they out people, you know, or people who just want to live a, a yummy life, but they have been indoctrinated to believe that they're worthless, they don't deserve it. What, do you, what would yeah. you say to these people who are listening? Well, you know what? One, take a deep breath, and if you're on the fence, you're on the fence for a reason, you're on the fence because you need to move forward. Please give yourself, again, the permission to have the courage to be happy. I remember doing a book signing, and this one guy who was, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having an Oprah moment right now, but this one man at age 61, his father yelled at him once for 10 seconds, and that was over 50 years ago, and I'm so miserable. Give me two words to save me, Dave. Give me two words. Oh, God, please. You know, really? <laughs> so I said, uh, be happy. Okay, Dave, give me three words. Three words. Okay, uh, be happy now. Dave, I need four words, and that will cure me. Be happy now, damn it. Yeah. If you're happy, whether you're, I mean, think about it. When we're broke and young, we're eating takeout Chinese food on the food futon in a crappy apartment, and those are our happiest days. Mm -hmm. You know, I know so many people that have everything and more of it, money and fame, fortune. I mean, Hollywood people and musicians, and, oh, I'm so miserable. I'm going, well, whatever, dude. See ya. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be happy. If you're on the fence, take a deep breath and take a chance. Again, you're not going to know what you can accomplish unless you do that, and you deserve to be happy. Well, what if my, my siblings don't talk to me if I, if I open myself up? Well, then that's their issue. That's their side of the street. Yes. If we live our lives on what other people may or may not think, that is a freaking tragedy. You're never going to please anybody. Just be yourself. If you're a good person, do whatever you want. I don't care what you do. As long as you're happy you're a good person, chocolate mousse in the bathtub with Angelina Jolie and Bernadette Peters, I don't care. <laughs> God bless you. Good on you. <laughs> I prefer Bernadette Peters, though. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Well, that's a very... <laughs> thank you, Dave. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. And that's one to grow on, people. So um, I just want to say being cognizant of time, and I absolutely will take you up on your lovely, gracious invitation to be reinvited back. Uh, because there's just so much more. There's just, you know, there, I can't condense everything that I've been wanting to say to you my whole life, and well, I don't... You know, and, 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 and again, I have to say thank you, because think about what you're doing, because we all know it's easy to be a woman in, in this time, and here you are as a woman, okay, and disclosing and getting people to open up, and think about your leadership capacity, and I think that's what we need. I mean, we, we can all... 
march and we can all have our big lighters and take back the night. And those things are great. But at the end of the day, when your big lighter runs out of fuel, you've got to do something and move forward. And what you're doing this as a device with the airwaves, it's just a beautiful thing. So thank you for the lives that you and your show is impacting. Are you going to make me cry? Oprah would be proud. I could not make Oprah laugh when I did her show, which was really crazy. I made the audience <laughs> laugh. Couldn't make Oprah laugh. She's like, uh-huh. you were abused. I'm going, yes, that was 30 years ago. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right. Well, Oprah's on my radar, too. I've, I've had a few conversations with her personal uh, ass- assistant. So, um, but, yeah, and, you know, so I, I tackled you, Dave, and that was on my radar. That was on my list because more than anything, for the benefit of what the listeners would get out of it to help transform their lives and their mindset, I wanted to have the opportunity to publicly thank you for what you've done well, for thank me. thank you, ma'am. You know, and, and, and that's the thing, too. You just never know. Like I, I said in the very beginning, and I'll say this again, and this is important. One never knows what events may transpire in the course mm-hmm. of one's life. And that Absolutely. is so important to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you and I are both uh, testaments to that, you know, because, again, you don't do it with the mindset of what is nine months. When you talk about the big umbrella of when you mentioned your your analogy there about, uh, you know, being in the army, being in the whatever, and everybody's saying, oh, the bigger picture of nine months. No, it's day to day. It's hour to hour. And certainly when you're on the path of survivorship, warriorship, self-empowerment, personal growth, personal development, it is a day by day it is a day-by-day commitment, but it's a commitment that must be taken if you truly understand and appreciate and respect the gift of life. Because we do only have one life as far as I know. Uh, and so I, I'm going to maximize that. And maximizing that for me, I think similar to you, the parallels between us, Dave, is paying it forward, being of service. Take your shit, turn it into gold, and help other people. Because you don't know to the degree something you do, something you say, something you put out there, whether it's being vulnerable, whether it's exposing yourself, leaving yourself open for ridicule or criticism. Who cares about that? But for the one person, the two people, times whatever people. They need people, your help. They, they need you now. It's like no foreplay. Just do what you got to do. It's like being a firefighter. It's not going to be pretty, but we're going to get the job done. Bam. And with that, I hate to say this, but I have to run. Okay, Dave. Well, you have a great day putting out those fires. And uh, I want to thank you very much uh, for your time here. And I will certainly be connecting, reconnecting with you to bring you back on here because I know that what you say is very instrumental. And and you walk your talk. So if there's going to be somebody to listen to, take heed of, it's you. Uh, because we know statistically there it, it's astronomical how many people are being abused and how many people are being abused in silence. So you people bet. like you and I, we're here to break the silence. So I want to thank you very much, Dave, and I wish you a phenomenal day, an uh, excellent weekend, and uh, I'm glad you're going to be coming home spent tonight because I know that's important yes, to you. always. Thank you Absolutely. so much, and God bless you. You too, my dear. Thank you so much. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So for my listening audience, I want to thank you very much once again for tuning into my weekly show. I am your host, Lisa McDonald, with Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Again, listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. For the well over now approaching 130,000 podcast subscribers since first going live, Back in February a couple years ago, I just want to say I couldn't be doing this without you. More importantly, it's not about the numbers. The numbers really, truly are indicative for me that something I say, something my guests are saying, knowing that it's all under the umbrella of personal development, 
personal growth, unfucking yourself, loving yourself, because it all begins with self. So for the people who are really getting that message, for the people who are not only taking the time, which I appreciate, to tune into my message and the message of my guests, uh, knowing that it resonates with you, you know, it's like Byron Katie says, and I follow the work of Byron Katie very closely. I want for you what you want for you. And I really hope that people can recognize intrinsically their value, their, uh, their merit, uh, their contributions. You know, there's so much that all of us individually have to bring to the table and to pay for it and be of service to other people. And it doesn't have to be as a result of having a radio show. It doesn't have to be a result of having a household name or being an author or anything of that nature. It's just in whatever way you feel that you can contribute by helping other people, you know, extending and outstretching your arms and pulling other people up. It's about helping other people to rise and appreciating people. That's what we're here to do. I truly fundamentally believe that that's what we're here to do. And so to have this vehicle and this platform of radio in which to connect with people, uh, to impart a message that I believe is fundamentally important for all of us as fellow human beings, uh, brothers, sisters, all of us, one and the same, we're all connected. We are not alone. So I really hope that people got value out of Dave's story. Dave, of course, I mean, his books are phenomenal. He talks very rawly, very candidly uh, about what he went through in his childhood. This is why this is somebody who resonated with me for what I went through in my childhood, all out outlaid in my book, which is soon to be released and published. Um, so I just want to say you're not alone. And for the people who message me and let me know to the degree that uh, something that has been said, something that has been shared, has tweaked for them and helped them step into their own greatness, stepped into their own self-empowerment, um, I just want to say that's phenomenal. You know, we all have that birthright. We deserve to live our lives knowing that we bring something to this world and we have the right to be here. So I want to say thank you again for tuning into my show. Again, Lisa McDonald, Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. I go live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, podcasts can be found over on iTunes. I want to thank you for subscribing, reviewing, uh, and sharing. I uh, couldn't be doing this without you. Okay? So I want to wish everybody a phenomenal, phenomenal day and weekend. I look forward to checking back here with you next Friday with another phenomenal guest at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Contact Talk Radio Network. So love and gratitude to all. Lisa McDonald from Dundas, Ontario, Canada. I can be reached at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. Take care. All my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.